tenderest bloom was on the skin. Arms were very long and muscular, the hands the same, as if its hold were of uncommon strength. It wore a tunic of the purest white, and round its waist was bound a lustrous belt, the sheen of which was beautiful. It held a branch of fresh green holly in its hand, and in a singular contradiction of that wintry emblem had its dress trimmed with summer flowers. But the strange thing about it that was from the crown of its head there sprung a clear jet of light by which all this was visible, and which was doubtless the occasion of its using, in its duller moments, a great extinguisher for a cap, which it now held under its arm. The figure itself fluctuated in its distinctness, being now a thing with one arm, now with one leg, now with twenty legs, now with a pair of legs without a head, now a head without a body, of which dissolving parts no outline would be visible in the dense gloom wherein they melted away. And in the very wonder of this, it would be itself again, distinct and clear as ever. Are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? asked Scrooge. I am. The voice was soft and gentle, singularly low, as if instead of being so close beside him, it were at a distance. Who and what are you? Scrooge demanded. I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past, inquired Scrooge, observant of its dwarfish stature. No, your past. Perhaps Scrooge could not have told anybody why, if anybody would have asked him, but he had a special desire to see the spirit in his cap, and begged him to be covered. What? exclaimed the ghost. Would you so soon put out with worldly hands the light I give? Is it not enough that you are one of those whose passions made this cap and forced me through whole trains of years to wear it low upon my brow? Scrooge reverently disclaimed all intention to offend. Take heed. It put out its strong hand as it spoke and clasped him gently by the arm. Rise and walk with me. The grasp, though gentle as a woman's hand, was not to be resisted. He rose, but finding that the spirit made towards the window, clasped its robe in supplication. I am mortal, Scrooge remonstrated, and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand. There, said the spirit, laying it upon his heart. As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall, and stood upon an open country road, with fields on either hand. The city had entirely vanished, the darkness and the mist had vanished with it, for it was a clear, cold winter day with snow upon the ground. Good heaven, said Scrooge, clasping his hands together as he looked about him. I was bred in this place. I was a boy here. The spirit gazed upon him mildly. Its gentle touch, though it had been light and instantaneous, 
appeared still present to the old man's sense of feeling. He was conscious of a thousand odours floating in the air, each one connected with a thousand thoughts and hopes and joys and cares, long, long forgotten. Your lip is trembling, said the ghost. And what is that upon your cheek? Scrooge muttered, with an unusual catching in his voice, that it was a pimple, and begged the ghost to lead him where he would. They walked along the road, Scrooge recognizing every gate and post and tree, until a little market town appeared in the distance, with its bridge and church and winding river. Some shaggy ponies now were seen, trotting towards them with boys upon their backs, who called to other boys in country gigs and carts driven by...